Good evening and welcome to your Royal Rooters podcast, your hub for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your six-time Super Bowl or six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, and your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea. All right. Uh... I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I'll get into it in the show. But first, let's get on some news. First of all, let's do with Patriots news. There is no game until Monday night, and that game is against the Jets, so there's no football scores to report right now. So we got to wait until Monday night when they go to the Meadowlands and take on the Jets. And that should possibly be an easy win because the Jets are garbage. They are absolute garbage. They suck. They have not won a Super Bowl in almost six fifty something years. They, they, yeah, yeah. When Joe Namath was the quarterback, Joe Namath. All right, okay. And um, other news: Michael Bennett got suspended this week because of detrimental misconduct or detrimental conduct. Um. So the story goes. Um. So he wasn't getting. They signed him during the offseason this year. And he is the brother of a former New England Patriots tight end, Martellus Bennett. Uh, so uh, we trade him from the – or acquired him from the Eagles, and we gave up some stuff. I'm not really sure what the details of the trade were. But um, to be the replacement for Trey Flowers, I don't think he's been getting a lot of playing time, especially on this defense, and that's kind of – gotten him some uh or like caused some like beef between him and Belichick and got to the point where like he was starting to like cause some problems in the locker rooms to the point where like Belichick needs to suspend him. And with the way it's looking, I don't think he's gonna I don't think he'll last very long in New England. Cause there's a thing if Bill Belichick doesn't like someone or like he messes or rubs Belichick the wrong way then you're out. Goodbye. Thanks for stopping by in Foxborough, but your services are no longer required. Baby, don't piss me off. <laughs> As Belichick said. All right. And he was also kind of like that whole uh, Black Lives Matter kind of thing. And like he, him and Martellus Bennett were just the whole like, so um, when he was on the Patriots, um, Martellus Bennett, he was kind of one of the guys that like wanted social justice and change and kind of like part of the whole Colin Kaepernick group and stuff like that. Not that Carl Kaepernick was with the New England Patriots, but hopefully God he's not. <laughs> um, yeah, th- those people are distractions. Martellus Bennett, he did what he needed to do. He was not a distraction that year, even though that he was kind of poking his nose in the politics and not going the, yeah. But he did what he needed to do that season, that really glorious season of 2016 and Super Bowl 51. The greatest comeback, yeah. Filling in when uh, Gronkowski was out and kind of being that void at the tight end spot, and which was really needed. But Michael Bennett, I mean, not saying that this is his fault. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe he shouldn't have not have uh, said that stuff about Belichick, but a little too, like, he should have been getting some playing time too. Yeah. All right, um... 
So it looks like Martell or Demarius Thomas made comments earlier this week of how things ended up in New or ended up with him on the Patriots. So he gets in the preseason and it almost looked like he would be a shoo-in. But injuries also too, and like knowing that he's not really the wide receiver that he used to be. Um the Patriots first they first uh at the end of the preseason decide, you know what, we'll cut you, but stick around, we might still need you kind of deal, but we might be cutting you. They cut him. They re-signed him again. Then he goes down. And also, too, like, A.B. showed up to uh, Mark Antonio Brown, and, like, that kind of changed things, too. Then they traded him to New York, and it almost sounded like he was saying that, like, they tossed me aside and stuff like that and basically just treat me like crap, basically, which, um... Belichick did uh, say something at a press conference earlier this week. I'm trying to see if I can get it. Yeah. That was – I kind of was hoping that he would succeed in New England. Martel – or Demarius Tar- Thomas. Yeah. yeah. But I felt like he was injured too and, like, he wasn't really – he was a – Image of his former self, basically. So, yeah, that's probably why the Patriots didn't, like, keep him for long. Which is a shame, because I really wanted to see him succeed as New England. That would have been fun, seeing him catch passes from Tom Brady. Brady to Tom. Brady to Demarius. He runs it upfield. Yeah. Video Oh, I can't find a video, but it looks like that uh he said Demarius is a good kid. I have a ton of respect for him, but not a lot of fame. like it didn't really work out for them, basically, so yeah. This is a shame. Um so, all right, to Notre Dame news, um, there is a bye week, so there is no scores to report after tonight. So, no games tonight. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, but they do have a game next Saturday night at the Big House in Ann Arbor against Michigan. I saw an Instagram post on a – my, on the Instagram page, and it said that uh, it had a picture of a uh, Notre Dame. It was like they were wearing the old retro uniforms, like during the 2011 game and stuff like that. And it said, uh, "USC after the USC game, USC might be our rival, but this week Michigan is our enemy." And that's the mentality you need to go into. Michigan is the enemy this week. They have been the enemy since 1887, and that's the first meeting that Notre Dame, and actually the first football game Notre Dame has played on since then, or played ever played, at, which was a Michigan win. But yeah, these are the two oldest programs in the country going at it. Although Michigan's kind of like, they're not really doing so hot, and Notre Dame is doing better than they are, and 
I once, yeah. So yeah, hopefully, Nerding gets a W, but nothing for certain. So yeah, next Saturday at the Big Owls in Ann Arbor. There's a coworker I have at work that like is a big Michigan fan. I should just wear Nerding stuff all week and just pure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, just make her pissed off. <laughs> all right, Bruins news. Let's go. So the scores of the week. Um, I'll also report tonight's score too. So let's see. Roll it up. Yeah. I kind of am impressed of how the Bruins are playing so far this year. After a whole like Stanley Cup hangover, basically, they're they haven't really like messed up a bit. But I'll also tell you um why that uh all right, here are the scores. Um, this week uh, on Columbus Day or Thanksgiving Day in Canada, which is weird. Dad, that kind of threw me off when I was playing NHL, uh, EA, EA uh, or EA Sports NHL. They said that that was Canada or as a Thanksgiving Day on Columbus Day, and then I looked up that yak in Canada. It is Thanksgiving Day. I thought they were trying to be politically correct. Because Columbus was a genocidal murderer. I, I won't get into politics tonight. Yeah, I'm just that, and it's not really a place, and I'm just too happy right now. All right, so um, on Columbus Day, they played uh, the Anaheim Ducks in the TD Garden and won 4-2. to Goals from Pop – or actually three goals, so – Actually, four goals. He did have a hat trick in the game, but he had uh, four goals in the game. A big performance from David Posternock, who basically did all the scoring that day. So, yeah, he did get a hat trick. So, yeah, that's really neat. All right, then on uh, Thursday, they played the Tampa Bay Lightning, and this was the best team. This was the guy, the team that won uh, the President's Trophy uh, this past season, but uh, were out in the first round. Like they got swept by the eight seed Columbus Blues. So there should be a little bit of fire in that season after supposedly what should have been a Stanley Cup winning year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um. So and that final score was a four to three loss up to the Lightning in a shootout. Uh, Pasnak uh, scored in the first inning. Patrice Bergeron scored in the second in- or s- second period. Sorry, second period. First, wrong sport. Um, in the third period, Pasnak scored again, so he had two goals. And then shootouts. Um, so yeah, shootouts. Not a lot going from the Bruins, and uh, that's about it. Four to three loss. So basically, the first overtime loss of the season. So that doesn't affect actual losses. And then tonight they played the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto and lost for the free in overtime. So two overtime losses. Yeah. So DeBrusque had a goal. Denton Heinen had a goal. And uh, Postnock had a goal. So. So the fi- or so the record right now for the Bruins 
is they are uh, five wins, one loss, and two overtime losses, and they have 12 points. And they're second in the Atlantic uh, Division of the Eastern Conference. So pretty good. I mean, good for so far. Are they kind of getting into the skid? Maybe, but they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Yeah. So, so they played eight games so far. I mean, at this point, I mean, we are in the postseason running so far. So it is pretty good. And second in the Atlanta division isn't really that bad. Just get that. Just be those eight teams that are still left remaining once the regular season or on the eight, team, eight top teams in the Eastern Conference when the season is over, and that'll be it. The rest will take care of it. So, yeah. So that's all Bruins news. <clears throat> Celtics news, preseason scores. Let's see, and this is probably going to be a big one, this uh, sec- or this uh, news segment. All right, so the Celtics played their last two reg- or preseason games of the season. I'll just go by these scores. I'm not going to go into detail because – who gives a crap about the preseason? <clears throat> All right. So they played on Sunday against the Cavaliers in the TD Garden, and they won in a blowout, one eighteen to seventy two. And they went, and on Tuesday they went to Cleveland and take on the Cavaliers again, and won one eighteen to ninety five. I'm kind of a little impressed. Like, I actually like our big men. I really feel like teams have commented on the big men group of the Celtics and feel like they could be a dangerous group, these big guys. So, yeah. They could be basically their strength of the team. All right. So, that does it for the preseason. Although, the Celtics didn't win the preseason title. I feel like the Bucks won it, and because well, and that that in their defense, uh, the Bucks played more games than the Celtics did, like five more. So yeah, they're probably gonna win it. All right. So anyway, uh, Struss or Max Struss and Javante Green are battling it out for the final roster spots. I don't really mind whoever gets it. I mean, I would be okay whoever gets it. Both they are deserving of the final roster spots. On the Celtics' uh, 15-man roster, uh, an update on uh, Jalen Brown's uh, contract extension. This is one of the bigger news of the week. So, um, the Celtics have began talks with a contract extension, and they gave him an offer of a uh, four years, 80 mil. But knowing him, knowing Jalen Brown, and kind of the arrogant person he is, decided to turn it down, and he wants more. Although he's an arrogant person, I did was impressive how he performed in the preseason this year. And I feel like he could be a top player in years to come. Although he yeah, uh, he hasn't really like uh yeah, I feel like that's kinda arrogant. Like just just take the four years, sixty mil, eighty mil. Just do it. Alright, good news for Taco Fall fans. Taco Fall is staying with the Celtics, but he's going to start the season in Maine with the G League team, the Maine Red Claws. Um, so, yeah, they converted his Exhibit 10 contract into a two-way contract, making it so he is still part of the team. 
but not part of the 15-man roster just yet. He still has to go to the G League, which is basically the minor leagues of uh, NBA, although the or MLB is a lot better, basically. But the G, G League is basically the or uh, farm system of uh, the NBA, and the, they're going to their Celtics affiliate, the main Red Claws. So, yeah. All right, I want to get in more detail about uh, the NBA and the China dispute. So, recently, Maury, who is the GM of the Houston Rockets, they're having a whole ton of uh, expedition games in China. And uh, so, uh, Maury, who is the GM of the Houston Rockets, tweeted out, and this is going on around the same time that uh, Hong Kong and China are having disputes over pro-democracy stuff. He tweeted out saying that uh, I stand with Hong Kong pro-democracy, or I stand with democracy pro-Hong Kong, stuff like that. And immediately after he tweeted that, the Rockets owner said, oh, we do not affiliate with what our uh, uh, GM said. So he didn't really back him down or back him up. And now after that, um, China saw this too and then just got mad about or uh, was infuriated about that too. And uh, they canceled all Houston Rockets events that were scheduled for like charity events, games, and stuff like that. The, yeah. So I want to also get into the hypocrisy of some of these superstars and coaches. A lot of them are like big advocates of uh, pro-social justice and Black Lives Matter, which – it's up to them. I mean, it's their opinion. It's their right. It's their right as American citizens. You know, I'm kind of really don't agree with that. Um, but anyway, it's their rights as American citizens. But they wag their fingers at stuff like that. But then when something like this in China happens where they really are being abused and their civil rights, people are going to jail. People are being told they can't like the NBA, stuff like that. And it's getting to the point, too, where, like, it's a communist country. And also, it was – I heard also, too, that the Lakers and the Nets, they had preseason game, too. And uh, usually fans would meet them at the bus or at the stadium, get autographs and stuff like that. But since after this, not a lot of people showed up. And maybe because the Chinese government kind of made them, too. And the people who did show up had their, hid their faces from the campus, so the government won't find out who they were. It's very sad. I just can't understand the hypocrisy of these NBA stars. They wag their fingers at stuff like social justice of what's going on in our country. But then, like, LeBron and Steve Kerr, coach of the Houston – or coach of the Golden State Warriors and LeBron of the Lakers, basically, like, is saying, like, oh, we, we really shouldn't dispute it. Like, it really was pretty stupid that Maury tweeted that. Like, and they do nothing – with something like China, which is basically our biggest NBA fans or international NBA fans. This could really hurt business with China. And like, that's the thing. That's this whole thing might turn out pretty bad. And I don't know. Just, I also want to go into details between the difference between Ennis Cantor and uh, LeBron and baby Brom or who I like to call baby Brom Bron. Jeez. So anyway, so Enos Cantor earlier or like year or a couple of years ago, 
took a stance on uh, took a stance against uh, his uh, country's uh, government in Turkey. Uh, it said like uh, basically like I don't understand what's going on in my country right now, what they're doing to other people. And now he is paying the price now. He can't go back home in his canter. And this is our Celtics, uh, one of our Celtics centers uh, who signed a two-way deal. And he really wants to be with the Celtics. So anyway, he does. He can't go back home. And if he tries to go back home, they'll meet him there and basically like arrest him. They jailed his dad. He can't go. His siblings can't get jobs and stuff like that. Um, they tried kidnapping him or they tried kidnapping him in Indonesia and they revoked his passport so he can't, yeah, basically can't go home. And basically, like, and he tweeted, like, yeah, freedom isn't free, countering LeBron's action. And I like to say that about LeBron, too. He wags his finger and is a big advocate for Black Lives Matter and, the, and is against the whole social justice and went after Trump. But he's dead silent when something like what's going on, the injustice and stuff like that, what's going on in China. Which I don't mind that he does that. It hits right as an American citizen to agree with that. But at the same time, you can't just have it. You just, I don't You can't just act one way about a certain thing and be dead silent about something else. Like, yeah. Right back to that. So Red Sox news. Not a lot of Red Sox news going on much. Um. Both seasons going on. Um, so anyway, yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break, but when we come back, I got a little treat. And the reason why I'm so very happy, happy, happy right now. See ya. All right, we're back. And um, so what I want to get into so right now it's the World Series or the World Series is coming up and stuff like that next Tuesday. And I just want to say congrats to the New York Yankees for finally going back to the World Series after almost 10 years. Of, wait, what? What's that? Oh. Oh, my. Ooh. Ooh. That's kind of put me in a bad position here. Okay, but I'll tell them. All right. Um, sorry, everyone. Um, you might want to brace yourselves for this. Hope you're sitting in your chairs. Yeah. Everybody. The Yankees just got eliminated from the postseason in six games by the Houston Afros on a walk-off home run by Jose Altuve. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Big bats like Aaron Judge, John Carlos and Gary Sanchez, and how did this happen? Oh, it happened, and I can finally say, after many months of pent up emotion and just being growy and moody, I can finally say for one last time this season. <laughs> Yankees lose. 
So what you just heard was um <clears throat> so recently two years ago the same thing happened Astros and Yankees World Series which again the Astros came out in seven games so and headed to the World Series to win their first ever in sixty something years so anyway so um they were making picks the Fox uh, Sports uh um analyst show pregame analyst show. And they asked who was going to win a certain game. And some guy said, I got the Yankees. And some guy says, I got the Astros. And when they came to David Ortiz, former Red Sox great and my favorite player growing up, who is now an analysis for uh, Fox Sports, said, the Yankees lose. <laughs> also, like he said it like with a J, like instead of saying Yankees, it's Yankees, yeah. The Yankees lose. Yeah. So what? And so recently, last year, when the Yankees started like basically just being dog crap horrible, or just well, not dog crap horrible, but good enough to get into the postseason, but not good enough to get to the World Series. So when they started losing somewhat, uh, Section Ten kind of like had uh, their fans kind of make videos of uh well Jared Carabas would uh post every time the Yankees lose of David Orsay's saying uh the Yankees lose and then people would start making videos like and these are like they would keep up to the beat like keep up to the beat of the melody like the one you just heard was uh them using their uh the song that the Yankees you play every time they win a game uh called Themes of New York by Frank Sinatra, which I will play at the end of the episode to uh, mock Yankees fans because, you know what, this is months of pent-up emotion, just being grouty, moody, and all sorts of crap. Just having to hear Yankees fans go, oh, we're going to win the World Series! Look at the wings, bro! Look at the wings! <laughs> Sing it, Frankie! God, so glad they lost. So glad. I will get into it. Why, why Yankees fans piss me off? So anyway, um, so anyway, so they made um the reason that makes the I don't like the Yankees. Not only do they not play Fiends of New York by Frank Sinatra when they win, they also play when they lose too. I have a problem with that. You should not play your victory song when you lose a game. You know what should be played? Nothing. You didn't earn. You should not be happy. You should be upset that you lost. <laughs> you should not be. Yeah, seriously. When we played at Heartland, our song, our victory song was "Birds Flying High" by uh, Big Heavy and uh, AKA Doughboy, and it's like "Birds Flying High," "Birds Flying Flying." Yeah, every time we win that get, win a game at home, we would play that because that's our victory song. That's kind of like our dirty water, or um, what else? Uh, sh- you should be dancing, the Celtic song, or like a Notre Dame five song. That's like our victory song. We should play it every time we win at home. Guess what was played when we play when we didn't win a game at home, or win a game at all? Dead silence in the stadium. Dead silence. Yeah, because that's what it should be. You didn't earn you didn't earn a chance to play that song. That's what I feel like Yankees fans are the people that just can't accept defeat. 
They can't just accept defeat. Yeah, seriously. Like, they're just in this delusional world. Like, we can't lose. We can't lose. We're the Yankees. We're the Yankees. We never lose. We have 27 World Series wings. Wings. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get at them. Let's go. I know there are some Yankees fans who do listen to this show. Like, they are buddies of mine. And I do have fans that are Yankees fans. Yeah. Reason why I'm not a fan of the Bronx Bombers. Well, let's see. They uh, made my life a little bit, at least from 1992 to 2003, miserable. Um, Until we started winning World Series in 04. That was fun. That was fun to see them collapse in in 04 in the ALCS, which we made it happen. Free games to none lead. Gone like that after a Game 7 win by the Red Sox. Biggest choke of history. Bigger than the British losing to the Americans in the American Civil War. Yeah, that's the biggest choke. Yeah. All right, so anyway, why Yankees fan, Why the Yankees sucks and their fans are classless? So, um, let's see. Um, Yankees haven't won a World Series in or a lot of World Series in the 21st century. Although their fans will say, look at the rings, bro. Look at the rings. Yeah, look at the rings that you won in 1961 when Kennedy was president. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you won in 1951 either or 1927 or any whatever World Series they won. Nobody cares. It's what you've done lately. I don't know. I just feel like Yankees fans are like, and you know what they did in uh, game four? Their fans on the bullpen. on. So, Zach Greinke was pitching for the Astros in game four of the LCS. And um, when he was warming up, a f- group of Yankees fans converged on the bullpen, like above the bullpen, and started shouting slurs and stant or uh, like really bad like gestures at Zach Greinke, like making fun of his uh, social anxiety disorder and his depression, which really is classless. Yeah. Uh, but good news, that fan did uh, get uh, ejected. And they're classless too because every time nothing's going their way, you know what they want to do? They want to protest every game and by throwing trash onto the field. They did that in game six of the 2004 ALCS when A-Rod got called out, which he should have got called out anyway because he – Basically interfered with a play which he should have been, which he is really out on. So anyway, um, Arroyo grounds Royal the pitcher grounds a typical like ground out, and uh, when he went to go tag a rod, a rod just swatted it out of his glove, knocks the ball out, and then supposedly the Yankees score. But then they went to review or like had a conference with the umpires and decided, you know what, a rod, you're out, Keter. Return to first base. Run does not score. And Yankee Stadium erupted in a riot mode. They threw trash. They did everything. Like, what does that accomplish? What does that accomplish? That only makes you look bad. Well, well, we're going to throw trash onto the field. Oh, yes, we'll make them change that ruling. Yeah, yeah. Look at the wings, whoa. Look at the wings. Yeah, look at the rings. You won in 19... 1860. <laughs> you know what? Your championships are old, so you know what? Jeez. They're classless fans. They're just 
at least the ones in New York. They're, I've have friends, and especially when I was playing Harlem baseball, that that were Yankees fans, and like they never gave me a hard time. I mean, we would joke sometimes about uh when the Red Sox were playing and joke a bunch of times and stuff like that, but it wasn't that bad. Like, wasn't like cutthroat. Like we're at we're at each other's throats and stuff like that. So yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I just feel like this is a weight that just was lifted from my shoulders. Finally, I can rest the entire postseason and not have to worry that once again we're waiting. It's been a decade since the Yankees last won a World Series, and it's going to be over a decade now since tonight's loss, which was a walk-off home run by Jose Altuve to advance the Houston Astros to the World Series. The first, the second in three years. And they'll probably win it too. All right. So anyways, yeah, thanks guys for uh, listening. Uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. We will come out with a World Series prediction show tomorrow, tomorrow I believe, tomorrow afternoon, I'm guessing. <clears throat> so yeah, follow my Twitter pages, which I'll put in the details section of the podcast. Follow the Instagram page on uh, at Royal. Rooters 1992, Royal Rooters that all capitalize and bunch together. Um, subscribe, rate and review on Apple on Apple Podcast slash iTunes and give us a four star, give us a five star review if you can. So uh, follow the show on Spotify, and that about does it. Uh, it's just fun, just fun to see the Yankees lose. That now it's now been almost eleven years since. Yeah, it's been great. Jose Altuve really made my night. And then it's time to go to bed. Peace out. Love you guys. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues are melting away I'll make a brand new start of it in old New York If I can make it there I'll make it anywhere It's up to you New York New York
a city that never sleeps. And fine, I'm a number one, top of the list, king of the hill, a number one. These little town blues are melting away. I'm gonna make a brand new start of it in old New York. And if I can make it there, I'm gonna make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York, New York. <laughs> still here? It's over. Go home. Yes, go home. Go. Go away. Go.